Hello and welcome to episode 109 of the Viva Albertos podcast. My name is John Fleming. I'm a writer and editor at Viva Albertos. I am joined by Heather Simon. She is also a writer and editor at Viva Albertos. How are you doing, Heather? Hello, I'm good. Awesome. Uh, this is our first podcast in about half a month, actually. It's 15 days to the day of our last podcast. That wasn't our plan to not do an episode last week, but man, there, there, nothing's happening in baseball. It is as dead as dead gets throughout the offseason. Not a whole lot of acquisitions happening in the last two weeks. No Cardinals transactions major enough to really warrant discussing on here. So we're going to kill some time by discussing something that's mostly unrelated to the Cardinals. But um, before we do that, Heather, do you have any uh, any takes on anything that's happened in free agency so far over the last couple weeks? Do not acquire Eric Hosmer. I agree with that. I mean, okay. I say that, but there is a situation where they could acquire Eric Hosmer, and that situation is if he's very inexpensive. But he's not going. Yeah, to. you have to. I think if you're going to acquire Eric Hosmer, you better be waiting at least until like late February to do it. Yes, if no one gets him, and he'll take like a two-year, thirty million deal or I mean, something I, like that. Yeah, I, I feel like the thing that he could do. In a later situation, and this is just totally making things up, I could be wrong, is some sort of deal that's like a smaller version of what Yoenis Cespedes did a couple years ago where he had like opt-outs after every year. Oh, okay. And he ended up opting out after the first year, but that's the sort of thing that could make sense for him. But my concern with uh, Eric Hosmer is that he's not better than Matt Carpenter, and so why would we try to Yeah, I mean, you would get more depth in that you'd have another average player... Yeah, I don't think, but I don't think that with acquiring Eric Hosmer, it would result in the Cardinals just like holding on to Jed Jerko as a bench player when Carpenter plays third and then Hosmer moves to first. I think that they would probably be gone. I can see the argument. That's I've actually written about sort of seeing the argument. I'm not sure that I'm totally in favor of, but I, I see the argument for acquiring Mike Mustakas in free agency for that reason because you hold on to Jed Jerko and he can platoon with Colton Wong, he can be a, a fail-safe backup option for Paul DeYoung and shortstop, mm-hmm. and then also act as a backup to third base, he can play first base, he can do yeah. a lot of different things, but at that point, I feel like you'd be paying essentially for a backup. What's the difference between Moustakas and Hosmer, really, though? Well, Moustakas plays third base, and that helps, right, but rather I mean, than Hosmer. If you get Hosmer, then Matt Carpenter plays third base, Yeah, or Jed Yurko. I think that acquiring Moustakis would be better for the defense of the team because you keep Matt Carpenter at first. Yeah. As I mentioned before, I don't have a problem in theory with him playing third base, but I'm not, like, dying for it to happen. I think they could platoon, do the same kind of platoon. It would just be a little bit more creative because Carpenter would have to go back between first and third whenever uh, Hosmer wasn't playing. Yeah, well, Hosmer Hosmer doesn't take very many days off, so that's... Like he's played over 155 games or whatever, right. pretty much every season. Right, which is why I don't think it's going to be a good fit. But that if that would be a fit if they could like, they would yeah. they would lengthen their bench, I guess. For reasons I don't understand, the San Diego Padres are apparently very interested in Eric Hosmer. San Diego Padres which, are an interesting club. I, I feel like they have the thing is they organizationally have good things going because they have a good minor league system. They have good things in place to be competitive. Not this year, but a couple years from now. And Eric Hosmer, the idea is that you're getting somebody that's a clubhouse guy. And, I mean, by all accounts, he's a great guy. I'm not saying he isn't, but the reason he was... Part of the reason he was a great clubhouse guy was that he came up with these guys on the Royals. That's true. Like, he he was sort of the born leader. He wasn't actually older than the other guys on the team. In fact, he was younger than a lot of them. But because he came up with Mike Moustakis, because he came up with Lorenzo Cain and all these other players that formed the core of the Royals, he had years of becoming the leader for them. And if he goes, no matter what team he goes to, unless he goes back to the Royals, I suppose, that's not going to be the case. Mm -hmm. And at that point, you're looking at Eric Hosmer's on-field performance, which last year was terrific. If he can repeat next year going forward, I'm all for it. But if you look at him, like his projections, if you look at him based on what he's done throughout his career, he was a below-replacement-level player two years ago, or close-replacement level. Certainly not somebody that would warrant... Below-replacement or below-average? Below-replacement. Okay. He was definitely below-average. I think he was below-replacement. But regardless, not somebody you would be giving millions and millions of dollars in free agency. 
Um, so Wade Davis signed with the Rockies. That's one other cool. tangentially related thing. Another bullet dodged. Yeah, Wade Davis is a really good player. I'm. Not, mm-hmm. I what's interesting is he actually had some similar peripherals, I think, to Brett Cecil last year. And Brett Cecil's a player that was just roasted forever by Cardinals fans <laughs> last year. I would rather have Wade Davis than Brett Cecil, but not at the price that the Rockies are paying. The Rockies are... It's a three-year deal guaranteed for about, I think it's 16 or $17 million per year. And then there's also what essentially is going to work out to be a player option for year four. And I would not do that. Like, I was okay... I think it was either last episode or the episode before... I was okay with signing a guy like Luke Gregerson because there's just not that much cost involved and it could turn into something good. Wade Davis could turn into something good, but he could turn into something um, very overpaid very easily. In fact, mm-hmm. I would say that it's probable. And all of a sudden, the fact that we haven't done an episode in a couple weeks is not paying off because uh, Heather's dog, Kane, is sniffing me a lot. <laughs> but hopefully you can calm down and just stand at attention for our next podcast topic, which is the Hall of Fame is coming up with their... Uh, 2018 uh, class ballots are coming in. We are for the second year in a row going to have a uh, a podcast listener vote on the Hall of Fame. We'll uh, put the uh, link for the uh, the thing. I'm all of a sudden forgetting what to call it. We'll put a, a link for the votes up on the uh, podcast episode, and people can vote for that. I know that whenever we do these things, a lot of times it's hard to vote on uh, cell phones, so if there's any issue there, I apologize, but if you get to a computer or a tablet, you should be good. But what we're going to do is, like last year we did this sort of as an aside for an episode because things were actually happening in baseball, and now that things are not happening in baseball, we are going to run through all uh, 33 names on the Hall of Fame ballot. Oh, okay. You didn't realize? I, I told, Okay. Well, yeah, it's coming back to me now. Okay. Got it. Well, luckily, we're not going to spend a ton of time on each player because there's a lot of them. But that makes more sense what you said now. So we each, <laughs> so we each filled out a ballot for the Hall of Fame of our uh, zero to ten names of players we want to induct. I actually didn't list anybody. I just wrote in other for Jack Morris, even though he got inducted already. So <laughs> just in the uh, spirit of protest votes and just being a cranky old man about the Hall of Fame and caring way too deeply about these things but we have uh we have baseball reference up the 2018 official hall of fame ballot and i'm excited to see how this turns out i believe last year we had the exact same ballot Hmm. and this year we very well may have the same ballot again because a lot of the names are the same but we'll see what happens there's uh some of the names towards the end of the ballot i wasn't as excited about I was perfectly happy to put them on the ballot, but there were other guys that just missed who I could see just as easily. So uh, we'll just run through them. So we're going to go alphabetical order from sorted by uh, last name so as not to ruin the surprise and excitement. So whenever I say a name, Heather, if you want to just say yes or no, like whether you're putting them in. So okay. the first name on the ballot is Barry Bonds. Mm, yes. <laughs> I also have Barry Bonds on my ballot. This is... It's really pointless at this point to argue Barry Bonds for the Hall of Fame because you're either voting for Barry Bonds because you think he's one of the greatest players ever or you're voting against him because you think he did performance-enhancing drugs and should be barred from the Hall of Fame because of it. There's really not a lot of middle ground despite the fact that there's voters every year that vote for steroid guys that aren't Barry Bonds and then don't don't vote vote for Barry Bonds, Bonds. which is insanity. I guess people just don't like him. They think he's rude and unpleasant, (laughs) which maybe he is. I never... And don't vote for Kurt Schilling either. (laughs) Well, they usually don't. Okay. Fair enough. We'll we'll get to that when it comes down, but Barry Bonds is... um, If you're voting on personality, then fair enough. Barry Bonds is maybe the greatest baseball player ever. He's... um, I, I think that he's certainly top five if I had to make a list of greatest baseball players ever. And as far as in my lifetime, nobody tops Bonds. As great as like Pujols was, as great as Mike Trout is, Mike Trout hasn't quite done what Barry Bonds did during those first during mm-hmm. 2001 and 2004. He was like he broke baseball. If people have uh, seen the John Boyce Chart Party episode on YouTube about what if Barry Bonds didn't swing the bat at all the entire season and the term that is on base percentage would be the same as it was when he actually did swing the bat in 2004 because there was so much fear because he was just constantly intentionally walking. He's amazing. I love him. So, yeah, Barry Bonds is in for mine. Um, Next up is Chris Carpenter. I don't have him on my list. I tried every possible way to justify putting him on my list, but there was just no way I could do it. Yeah. Uh, 
Carpenter, I think, is going to be one of those guys that in, like, 50 years, some person that's, like, our age is going to be on, like, the Hall of Fame Veterans Committee trying to argue for Chris Carpenter, but he's not a Hall of Famer. He had too short of a peak. He had a good peak, but it was... He was hurt constantly. Yeah, he could have been maybe if he didn't have the injuries. I don't know. Yeah, and he didn't become anything close to a Hall of Fame level pitcher until he was 29 years old. It just just does not work out for him. Good pitcher. He's a Cardinals Hall of Famer. Totally deserving of that, but I I can't be that much of a homer. Yeah. All right. uh, Next up on the list is Roger Clemens. Uh, I have him on my list. I have him on my list as well. I, I, I didn't want to. I put him real low, not because... Like, I know there's no order. It's either yes or no, but he was lower than he should have been on my list just because I didn't want to put him. Yeah, Clemens is kind of a creep. He's not... Yeah, he seems like a very unpleasant person, and I uh, just didn't want to put him on my list. Yeah. Like, Barry Bonds, I guess, was maybe unpleasant during his playing days, but well, he seems perfectly pleasant now, so... Well, well, Bonds was unpleasant in a very specific way that Clemens was not as bad, which was he was unpleasant to the media. Ah. And the media is the one voting on these awards, and that's why... I see. And to be clear, they both belong in the Hall of Fame in my eyes, but I can't imagine a scenario where you put one in and not the other. Yeah. Like, I, at that point, you're just kind of being petty. Yeah. Which and like I sort you're of, allowed to be, I suppose. But not if you're yeah. voting for this for real. I'm allowed to be because I'm just a blogger, so I can be as petty as I want, and I almost didn't put him on my list. <laughs> I think the whole argument that comes up of, oh, he was a Hall of Famer before steroids is sort of a silly argument because you don't know when guys started doing it but Mm -hmm. i just sort of take guys sort of relative to the era and like roger clemens it's true of barry bonds too but with clemens it's even more obvious which is that he was in an era where he was facing a bunch of guys who were also doing these things it was a crazy offensive era yet he's still by fan graphs measure the greatest pitcher ever and by baseball reference i think he's third he's certainly better than anybody else of the last Who's first on Baseball Reference? I believe Cy Young is, or maybe it's Walter Johnson. Um, oh, really? Somebody that pitched way, way more innings, because it was back when... Who's second? Whichever one's up, Cy, Cy Young or Walter, Walter Johnson. Johnson. Okay. I'm pretty sure Clemens is third, though. But regardless, Cy Young and Walter Johnson are in the Hall of Fame, and in my opinion, Clemens should be as well. Uh, next up is Johnny Damon. Nope. Yeah. There's really... Like, he was a good player, but, yeah, he's not a Hall of Famer. 2004 Boston Red Sox. Absolutely not. I have to, no. I have to, I have to say, Speaking I was them, I was surprised that he had 56 career wins above replacement. That is a lot more than I would have guessed. Yeah. Well, didn't he play for the Yankees and stuff, too? Yeah. He, like, he started his career on the Royals and then went to the A's and then to the Red Sox and then to the uh, Yankees. I think he may have played somewhere else as well. But... Regardless, though, he's one of those players that he was a good player, but he's probably going to fall off the ballot right away. And yeah, he didn't quite reach the the sixty WAR threshold. Yeah, though he had fifty six, so it was not Close. quite as far off. But he also didn't have, I don't think, the most inspiring peak. Yeah, like he had, he was a solid player. He was probably a little bit overrated just based on the fact that he played for the Red Sox at a time where the Red Sox were controlling the national conversation about baseball. But that's okay. We, we salute you, Johnny Damon, for your efforts, but not no. quite. Yeah. All right, next up is Vladimir Guerrero. I have him on my list. I do not have him on my list. I have him. He was pretty close. I think he had, what, like 64? He's at 59.3 career war. He had a... I thought he was higher than that. No, he's 59.3 war, and then... Oh, maybe I shouldn't have put him on my list. Well, you did. I might have been looking at the person above him. Maybe they should be on my list. Uh, well, the person above him, uh, we'll, 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 we'll get to these people. I think that might have been Andrew Jones. So <laughs> we'll, we'll continue on. Oh, I, I need to specify which Jones I have on here. Okay. Okay. So uh, Spoiler alert. Yes. Uh, so he had a 41.1 war, war 7, uh, so his peak was good. He's a player that's probably going to get in because he was at 71.7% last year. Oh. And... I'm kind of glad he's going to get in just to get him off the ballot because yeah. it's not it's not that I don't think he's a deserving Hall of Famer. I didn't put him on my ballot, but he would have been my next like two or three guys out. Yeah. But I think that there's really nothing like the one exceptional skill he had was his arm. He was a good hitter, but he didn't really draw a lot of walks. He was still, you know, fantastic, don't get me wrong, but he was not quite to the level of some of the other like major major hitters of the era. And 
I've made, I think even mentioned that I have a, a weird relationship with his perception because in the first few years of his career, he was underrated. And then after years and years and years of Vladimir Guerrero as the most underrated player in baseball, like, Posts on the internet, I just got sick of it. And I was like, "Come on, guys, you can't call you, you can't call him underrated this long. Eventually, you're kind of overrating him." Yeah. There's a little bit of fatigue there, but he's he's fine, and I can't really argue against him on the ballot. Though I may argue in favor of whoever you omit. Yeah, but I um the, my reasoning. Well, this was back when I thought he had 64 wins above replacement too. It was a very scientific. Uh, yeah, there's a uh, more that helped my argument a lot more because he was closer to the bunch than everyone else but uh, i don't see anyone on the ballot with 64 by the way well i i don't know i didn't i was just making up 64 but it was like close maybe it was 68 and then there was people that had 69 67. nice but this this seems so unprepared and yet i feel like you still put way more effort into looking at these numbers than like the guy who fills out like <laughs> one name it and is very unprepared i did this like 30 minutes ago but the, my thinking here is that he has, like, very specific skills, and he was, like, a very specific type of player with a lot of, I don't know, there's a lot of highlights of him. Yeah, I think he has a lot of cachet, too, because he was pretty much always the best player on his team. Because yeah. other than towards the very, very end, like, on those Expos teams, he was the guy. On those Angels teams, he was the guy. And I think that probably helps him because people are used to seeing him being the focal point of a team, mm-hmm. whereas there's other guys on the ballot who were good players, but they were on, which is sort of backwards because I feel like in every other sport and in baseball sometimes too, the whole argument turns into this loud thing where we just yell rings at people. <laughs> like people refuse to acknowledge like Carl uh, Malone or somebody as an all-time great basketball player because he didn't win a championship and therefore he can't be as good or try to argue that uh, Dan Marino is not an all-time great quarterback because he didn't win a championship. Like, yeah, that's not, doesn't really make sense to me. Right. Because it's a team sport, that's the whole point. Well, in baseball, I guess it makes even less sense because one player can only do so much. Mm -hmm. But Guerrero kind of benefits from being on bad teams, which makes no sense either. (laughs) makes less sense, actually, because there's not even, like, a correlation that's not causation, but we spent too much time on Vladimir Guerrero. Yes. Uh, Maybe ne- that's why you should be in. Anyway. <laughs> well, next year... It's fun to talk about, if anything. Next year, we probably won't have this conversation because he's probably getting in. But uh, next up is Levon Hernandez. Mm-mm, I don't even know who that is. Levon Hernandez is an interesting player because he had a... So this is actually an interesting case because it's a player that... It's probably in that sweet spot where I know a decent amount about him because I was a little I'm a little bit older than you, so I was paying attention. Like in nineteen ninety seven when he was the ace for the Florida Marlins team that won the World Series. And he was just this very bright star. He had this really incredible story because he came over from Cuba and his half brother is Orlando Hernandez, the El Duque from the Yankees. And so there's this really great uh cachet about him. But then he kind of settled down and for the last like probably 10 almost 15 years of his career he was just sort of like an innings eater like he was basically like mark burley for the last (laughs) two-thirds of his career which is not a hall of famer like he's he was fine and i applaud him and because most guys who play 10 years get on the ballot it's it's fine that he's on the ballot but Mm -hmm. realistically no he's not in the hall of fame uh next up is a guy who got 74 percent of the ballots last year uh that would be trevor hoffman Oh, I don't have him on my ballot. I don't either. Okay. Yeah. I'm surprised he got that much because he wasn't even really, when you sort by war, he wasn't even really on the first page. Well, that's because he's a reliever. That's Right, he couldn't accumulate that much. Yeah, really, unless you're Mariano Rivera, you don't accumulate anything close to what would normally be considered a war standard. But maybe if you, if you, that, like, maybe if you aren't Mariano Rivera, then you don't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame if you're a reliever. Like, you can be a really good reliever, but, like, the standards we have for the Hall of Fame right now don't really allow Yeah. Well, if you're just not, if you're just not pitching as many innings, you're not going to have as much impact on a game. And I think that when it comes to a reliever, I'm willing to sort of look the other way on things. Like, I would rather have Mariano Rivera in the Hall of Fame than a lot of guys who have, you know, 10 more wins above replacement than him just because of his importance and his postseason credentials help as well. But, yeah, Hoffman... While I think he's a better player than his uh, career war total of 28.4 suggests, I can't quite go that far. Not with as many great names as are on the ballot. 
Uh, next up on the ballot is a guy who actually has more career war than Trevor Hoffman, and this amazed me when I realized this. Orlando Hudson. Mm, yeah, no. <laughs> I I cannot believe Orlando Hudson, and I know that he was like like a full time second baseman for you know ten, twelve years or whatever it was, but he's not even. I think even though he's not the worst player on this list by war and really isn't even close to the worst player, he's probably the player that I have the least like definitive memories of really doing anything. I didn't even I didn't even like I yeah. heard Hudson and I guess I was thinking of the other Hudson. Tim Hudson? Yeah. Well yeah. And like, I knew that it wasn't Tim Hudson, but that was the first person that came to mind and I was like, wait, no. Well Tim Hudson's not a Hall of Famer either, but he's a lot closer than Orlando for me. Yeah. Orlando Hudson had a career OPS plus of ninety seven. He was a good defensive second baseman, but he wasn't like an all time defensive second baseman. He's just congrats on making the ballot, dude. Mm-hmm. But it's I, I think in if I remember correctly, he was actually a really nice guy from every interview I've ever seen of him. And so I feel like he can probably just be somebody that appreciates that he's on the ballot. <laughs> I don't know if he has a Twitter account, but I feel like he's the sort of guy that is going to sort of like jokingly be mad that he didn't make it in whenever some player that's way better than him gets in instead. All right, so uh, next up is Aubrey Huff. Mm-mm. Yep, same. Aubrey Huff, um, kudos to his 2010, which is still one of the most amazing things I've ever seen because... 2010 was well off of his peak, and yet, and he played third base for the bulk of his peak, and then he played first base for the Giants the year they won their first World Series in San Francisco, and was amazing. Like, he was one of the best, like, besides Votto and Pujols, who were the top two in MVP votes, he was probably, like, the best first baseman in the National League, and it was just totally out of nowhere and totally crazy that it happened. Also, apparently, he literally believes in dragons, according to his Twitter account, so. Good for him. There's that. And yeah, uh, but yeah, he's not. He's not. Not quite. <laughs> um, next up is um, uh, Jason Isringhausen. No. Yeah, Isringhausen, former Cardinal. He would probably go into the Hall of Fame as a Cardinal, but he's not going into the Hall of Fame. He's not on my ballot either. I think he should. Isn't he? Wasn't he better than Trevor Hoffman? Oh my no. Oh no. Okay. Izzy, I think might be the lowest WAR player on the ballot. Let oh, me. Oh really? Yes, he I- is. He's the lowest. Actually, wait, no, he's not the lowest, but he had the lowest peak. The lowest is a player who actually has maybe that's what I was looking fewer at. career war than on his peak. We'll get to the lowest career war whenever it comes up, but I think I was looking at that instead of wins above replacement, and that's why I got him all confused. But that's okay. Okay, but anyway, anyway. <laughs> yes. Izzy, yeah, if you're going to put, I can see the argument for putting in elite relievers. Izzy was not an elite reliever. He had one or two seasons that were really good, mm-hmm. but he was never Rivera level. Trevor Hoffman was at least Rivera level at times. Yeah. And was really good for a lot of times. Hoffman actually had longevity that a lot of other guys, and we'll mention a you know clear example of this later on, of a guy that had a really high peak but couldn't hold it up for a long, long time. Yeah, Izzy just really doesn't mat- match any criteria. Sorry. I have a lot of sentimental feelings towards him. I think it was maybe Dan Moore wrote this article about Isringhausen and basically, like, his last game pitched for the Cardinals before he, like, gave up the closer role and, like, kind of likened it to him falling on the sword. Or so It was, like, this really good article. It was for, it was, I think it's on Viva Alberto, so I'm pretty sure. Um, and it's one of my favorite things that has been written about, well, not about baseball, but about Cardinals baseball, I think. I think you're escaping for the Illinois guy who played for the Cardinals. That's also true. He's from Brighton, Illinois. It's like half an hour, 45 minutes from where I'm from. He used to hunt on farmland and where I'm from, him and Carpenter and yeah, Scott li- Rowland. He lives in Edwardsville now. Yeah, he lives in Edwardsville. That's like yes. 45 minutes from where I am. From so, <laughs> so yeah, and that's also the sentimental reasons. But he's not a Hall of Famer. But he's not a Hall of Famer okay. as much as I would like him to be. All right, next up on the ballot is Andrew Jones. I don't have him on my ballot, even though maybe I should instead of Guerrero. But I do have Andrew Jones on my ballot. The reason I picked Andrew Jones over Guerrero, first of all, Guerrero is definitely a better well, hitter. Let me tell you the reason I picked Guerrero over Jones, right quick, because it's not very long. Um, I don't actually remember anything about Andrew Jones. Couldn't tell you what team. I uh, I would say the Orioles, but I think that's a different. That would be Adam, Adam Jones. Jones. Yeah. So I don't know who this person is at all. He's oh. not memorable to me. 
And so I picked Guerrero. <laughs> okay. Let me uh, inform you about Andrew Jones. Andrew. I know it's so, spelled UW. So for the last four or five years of his career, he was a very ordinary player. He Old played. Andy. He played like corner outfield for the Yankees and for the Dodgers, I think, for a while. Yep. So and he, had no idea. He, he was just somebody. But so he debuted in 1996 as a 19 year old. He hit a home run in the World Series, was the youngest player to ever hit a home run in the World Series. But more than that, he was the greatest defensive center fielder that there has ever been. Okay, I knew he was good at center field. Like, I knew he was really good at center field. I think that he's... he's so I guess a, I knew something about him. But. I think there's a very real chance he falls off the ballot after this year for the same reason Kenny Lofton fell off the ballot and the same reason Jim Edmonds fell off the ballot, which is that center fielders just don't get enough respect. Mm-hmm. If you look at Lofton, Edmonds, and Jones... I think they're all kind of, like, they're not, like, top-tier Hall of Famers, but I think they're all guys that have worthy cases for the Hall. If I had to make a choice between those three for one of them to make it in, it would be Andrew Jones because he was the best at one given thing. Mm -hmm. He was probably the worst hitter of the group. Edmonds was the best hitter of that group. Yeah, Edmonds should be in the Hall of Fame. I have a a protest vote for him. I agree, but that's beside the point. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, Edmonds should be in the Hall of Fame. We needed. We should have talked about this beforehand, but we kind of talked about it before the podcast started. That ideally, I would be a small hall kind of gal, but it's too late. There's already a hundred years of us voting in everybody. Everybody. So n- the way it is now, unless you kick a bunch of people out, you need to let a bunch of people in. And so, like that's why Jim Edmonds. Maybe in my ideal Hall of Fame, Jim Edmonds doesn't make it. But in this Hall of Fame, the the non scooter. Hall of Fame, he is he has to make it, and he's not in there, and it's a sham. The whole thing is a sham. None of this matters. Just throw it all away. Wow. Yeah. Got cane up out of his uh, laying down because you scared him. But I had to I had to be over dramatic because no one can see me, so I have to like. I'm a big hall person. I want the hall as big as possible. I want every player that ever played inducted into the Hall of Fame because yes. I because I don't see why not. Yeah. Well, that's how I am now. I might as well. This is my most you sentiment, I think, that I have. Well, it's like if everyone's included, then if basically almost everyone's included, then those that aren't included with cases, like, feel worse. So just let everyone in. Because, you know what I mean? Like, Well, it's sort of gotten to a point where I've sort of stopped caring to a degree if somebody's yeah. in the Hall of Fame. Because if you're not going to put Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens in the Hall of Fame, I know from my experience that mm-hmm. those guys are, like, clearly clearly hall of famers by any reasonable standard so the fact they're not in kind of makes me just not care if somebody else doesn't get in because no if it's still a super exclusive thing and like jim Edmonds doesn't get in then you don't feel you're like well you know not many people get into the hall of fame it's tough but when it's this kind of thing where we're voting in you know um what's his name what's his name you keep pointing at me i don't know who you're talking about you mentioned him earlier he just got in last year um, the pitcher. You talking about Jack Morris? Jack Morris. He's getting in this year, but this year, but yeah, whatever. Veterans committee guy. Yeah. Well, I guess. Yeah. Veterans committee. Why do they have a committee? So they can induct everybody. Yes. I guess they'll get Jim Edmonds then. Possibly. They better. Otherwise, they almost, they, get, they get their committee taken away. So. Well, they almost got Ted Simmons in this year, and Simmons is a more deserving Hall of Famer oh than Morris. Oh my gosh, that's but, yeah. That's even worse than the Jim Edmonds thing. Ugh. If you can look. If you can put in a player as marginal as Jack Morris and also make sure you get in a person who's as blindingly sexist and awful of a person as Jack Morris, <laughs> you get the chance. And if you don't know what I'm talking <laughs> about, Google Jack Morris, female reporter, and you'll, you'll see that oh, the, he's uh, he's not a pleasant person. The uh, locker room Yes. Thing? Okay. Yes. He's got it, uh, got it. Not, not, I'm not a fan of him. Anyway. Okay. So what were we talking about? Anyway, Andrew Jones. Yes. <laughs> Who I don't know really a lot about outside of the field, but he was amazing defensively. People that I knew growing up would try to argue Jim Edmonds was better, and they were wrong. Doesn't he have, unless I'm thinking of a different Andrew Jones or Andrew Jones, isn't there someone that has kind of like a, um, a, like something, he did something bad? I don't recall. Character-wise? I don't recall anything too egregious off the top of my head. I Never want to assume the best in anybody. (laughs) I feel like, unless I'm thinking of someone else, I thought that there was someone that did something bad. I'm going to pull up his Wikipedia page. Because I always thought it was Adam Jones, and then I'm like, no. Well, there's uh, Adam Pac-Man Jones, the football player. No. 
I didn't even know his first name was Pat or was Adam. Yeah, his first name. I was, knew okay. I knew it wasn't Pac Man, but I I never. Oh wait, yeah, I didn't know it was Adam. I just haven't heard that name in forever. Pac Man. Oh, apparently, oh, apparently there was a domestic violence incident. That's what it is. Uh, yep, that's why well, I didn't put him on here. <laughs> wow. It is. It really is, though. Like you can do steroids, you can't hit your family. You know, so nope. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I knew there was something, and I couldn't think of what it was. But there was something like you know. Now you I just, feel bad. You know, you know, you just have this that muscle memory where you're, I just hear the name, and I'm like, I don't like that guy, and I can't remember why, but I know I don't like him. I feel defeated. <laughs> Look, OJ Simpson's in the NFL Hall of Fame. I can. That's true, but he did that after he was in the Hall of Fame, right? Didn't he? Mm, no, not really. He wasn't voted into the Hall of Fame before he murdered his wife? Well, the murder. Okay. But the, but, but the <laughs> I history... was going to say, I'm like, they still voted him in after he murdered his wife? But O.J. Simpson, Simpson's history of domestic violence predates the Hall of Fame, I believe. Right. So, I uh, mean, it predates my lifetime as well. But I mean, the murder almost predates your lifetime. Yeah, but... so I don't know. I don't know. I can't speak to that. But I just know that whenever I saw the name Andrew Jones, and it's the, there's another Andrew Jones, I feel like, and I got, used to get them confused. One's with a U, and the one with the U is one that every time I see it, I'm like, oh. Look, the other Andrew Jones isn't on the Hall of Fame ballot, if, yeah. he, if he exists at all. But yeah. Any, anyway, moving on from Andrew Jones. You know who is on the Hall? Who is? It's Chipper Jones. Ah, I have him on my list. I have him on as well. I think he'll be a first ballot guy. He, he, I would imagine He's got so. all the character stuff that people like. Uh, Doesn't, I mean... These are mostly unpleasant people. I should be clear. I, I mean, I, I don't know if we would be friends. Well, I'd probably, I'm friends with everybody, mostly, but... Um, he, he he's made some comments about um, I don't know how far to dig into his uh, Sandy Hook opinions, uh, but they're not ideal. But I mean, not my favorite. But he's but, a Hall of Fame. He's eighty five career wins above replacement. He's like a superstar. One hundred forty one career OPS plus while being a really good defensive third baseman for a long time. Yeah, my point was he has all the stuff that people like. Where he's like the best player on a really good team, and he's like. A switch hitter, one of the best switch hitters, good defensively, good offensively. I mean, unless I'm forgetting someone totally, he might be second to Mantle in terms of best switch hitters ever. He's way up there. There's Carlos Beltran, but I don't know. I think Beltran's probably a shade below Chipper, but... But, yeah, and Chipper has all the, like, counting stats, and the... uh, 468 career home runs, he... uh, 2,726 hits. So he didn't quite get to the 3,000 hits or the 500 home runs. Does he but even have a World Series ring? Yes. Okay, he has one, right? In 95. Okay. Which was, I believe, his rookie season. So he has one. Oh, man, that's a bummer. You win your rookie season and then never again. I can think of worse. Yeah, there are worse things, I guess. But he spent his whole career with one team. He's like the prototype Hall of Fame guy that these voters seem to like. Yeah. So he's definitely... Which doesn't be holding us to vote for him based right. on the fact that... They don't. They also don't vote for Barry Bonds or, or you know, Roger Clemens. But. I'm pretty sure there's two guys I did not vote for, Guerrero and Hoffman, who are going to get in, and one of them you didn't vote for either. So, yeah. No, my point was like he'll definitely get in. Yeah, it's not worth fighting. Yeah, just don't resist. He's getting in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> All right. Next up is uh, Jeff Kent. Nope. Nope. And I actually think he has a better case than his vote total suggests. But mm-hmm. man, did I not like him. Yeah, the name sounds familiar, I just personally, not for good, like, good Well, things. the main reason I didn't like him was because I've always been a huge Barry Bonds defender. Mm-hmm. And Jeff Kent, I think, was always sort of the guy that tried to position himself as, like... The anti-Bonds? Sort of the gritty, hard-working version of Barry Bonds, <laughs> I say, in Did the most do that poorly her? coded way. But then he also had some steroid allegations, and he got hurt while um, in a motorcycle accident in his playing career, and he lied about it. Mm-hmm. Did he perpetuate that stereotype, or did, like, the media do it? About Bonds? About himself, you know, or Bonds. I think it's because he had a mustache. I, I, <laughs> I, I firmly believe it's because he had the mustache that made him look like everybody's dad, so people just wanted to believe in him as, you know, gritty and hardworking. But he, to be fair, he was a really good player. He played second base, so his offensive numbers become even better. But, yeah, 377 career home runs at second base, and he's just going on his... Fifth year on the ballot, he had 16.7% last year. Like, he's not going to get in, but he's the sort of guy that it seems... Like, looking at his case makes me think that, like, Chase Utley has no chance whenever he comes up forward, because Mm -hmm. to be a second... Like, for some reason, second basemen are not... Like, if you're a bad defensive... 
or you're a bad offensive shortstop, but you're good defensively, you can get away with it. Mm-hmm. But really, at second base, you're not allowed to. Basically, even though shortstop or catcher is basically the way you can get in on defense. Yeah. Not even center field. As evidenced yeah. by. <laughs> but uh, even though second base on the defensive spectrum is just below uh, shortstop. Shortstop, yeah. It's, it's weird, but... And it, it's weird because I don't... I guess because you don't need the arm to play second, but you have to cover the same amount of ground, perhaps more because the first baseman you, you doesn't co- cover as much. You cover it slightly less often because more balls are hit to the more left side hitters. than the right. But, yeah, but right. still, I don't know. Anyway, next up is Carlos Lee. No. Yeah, no. He was, I he was vaguely fine. I remember him. Wasn't he a Cub? Um, Was he a Cub? I'm... He was. I'm. I see him in pinstripes, like Cub pinstripes, but that could be Yankee. My current memory of him is on the Astros, which he was definitely on the Astros. Oh, I, maybe I'm remembering from the Astros. I think maybe you're thinking of Carlos Sombrano. No, is that possible? Okay. No, I know he was a Cub. This this shows how memorable Carlos Lee's. Anyway, career. yeah. He played for the White Sox, White Brewers. Sox, I bet is what I'm yeah, White Sox, Brewers, Rangers, Astros, and Marlins. I'm thinking of the White Sox. Like, I can just see, like, the little pinstripes, but they're not, like, Yankee yeah. pinstripes. Okay. But anyway, Carlos Lee is not a Hall of Famer. That's quick enough. Next up is the guy on the ballot with the lowest career war of anyone on the ballot, Brad Lidge. Nope. Yeah, he's not. Contrary to popular belief, Albert Pujols did not actually break Brad Lidge. I still like to think he did, because that's way more interesting than that not being true. He got MVP votes three years later. It just uh, is not true. It's just, there's no evidence for this at all. I don't want to lie about it. It's, it's awesome enough that Albert Pujols hit the train track. We don't have to lie to ourselves. <laughs> it's funnier to believe that Lidge was broken forever. It's funnier to believe that because it's not actually true. Now, if it were true, it wouldn't be funny at all. Maybe kind of funny. Maybe. I mean, broken, I'm talking about broken in a baseball sense, not like he had like debilitating yeah, injuries or something. Yeah, but I mean, that still like hurts someone's career and they can't make money and stuff. Well, yeah, like, but it, that's kind of sad. But Yeah, but when he performs poorly, it helps somebody else by definition. It's a zero-sum game. I guess, but... This is how I justify rooting for people to fail in sports, is because <laughs> I figure that somebody else is going to get a chance then. But it's funnier to me. Like It's like when someone falls, it's funny, unless they're hurt, and then you're like, dang it, they're hurt. It's kind of the same thing. Like, he's, it's funnier to believe he's broken because he wasn't actually broken. This is quite the analogy here. Anyway, yeah. I think it makes sense. Viewers, but, listeners, not viewers. Viewers. No, <laughs> listeners, if that makes sense. Heather just looked up and looked around. Yeah, for, this is my house. <laughs> for, for, those of you, for those of you, shockingly, who cannot see what she's doing as we talk. Or can they? Anyway. Well, they just saw that then. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, though, uh, next up is Edgar Martinez. Uh, yeah. Yep, he's on mine as well. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I have just had Martinez, and then I was like, crap, what if there was more than one? No, he's the only one. He's actually okay. he's actually the last guy in for me. He's at 58, he's here. He's at 58.6% of the ballots from last year. He's on his ninth ballot. And there seems to be, like, this increasing call for him because this is his last year on the ballot. I don't love putting him on. Mm-hmm. He was a really good hitter, but he was mostly a DH. Yeah, I have him just because I was determined to vote for 10, just out of principle, and I was struggling to find people, and I'm like, oh, Edgar Martinez, I know who that is. You could put Chris Carpenter on. Yeah, I, I told you I tried to, but I just couldn't justify it. Well. I had to put, you know, Roger Clemens on there. I already left off uh, Andrew Jones. <laughs> I feel like Edgar Martinez. Just, Mar- just because he gave me an icky feeling, and I couldn't even tell you why. But anyway, Edgar Martinez is a, uh, I feel like he's getting a lot more attention. Well, he had 68.3 career war. It's not like he's an unworthy player, but I I feel like a lot of his attention is built around the fact that he was the Seattle Mariners lifer. Yeah. And the Mariners team, I mean, Ichiro, like he left, be left sort of on very friendly terms, but you know, with Ken Griffey Jr. going to the Reds because he sort of forced his way out with Alex Rodriguez signing with the Rangers, mm-hmm. like, right at his peak, there was sort of this idea of let's get, like, a true Mariner in. And, the like, Mariners are one of those teams that are kind of like... And, like, Randy Johnson got in a couple of years ago, too, but he's another mm-hmm. guy who left had other years with other teams. They're, like, a fun team to root for, for some reason. I can't quantify it. I think it's mostly the Ichiro effect. Do you think it's just this reverberating Ichiro effect? Yeah, they have Felix Hernandez now, and even though he's not good anymore, he's still... They just seem fun. Like, even the... Like, 
like they don't really have like a boring play. Like they probably do. I don't know any other players really. But well, I mean they have Robinson Cano and Kyle Seager's super underrated. And yeah, they're James Paxton all of a sudden. It's just like when everyone plays the Mariners, I'm like I want to root for the Mariners. I don't know why, but something compels me to. Does anyone else feel that? No. Really. I'm so mad about, was it last year or the year before? I think it was the year before that Adam Lind hit the three-run home run off Trevor oh, Rosenthal. Oh, yeah, it was the year before. Because weren't we at Dave and Buster's when that happened? I think that was the day before. Oh, I think I say that every time. Anyway. We, we did watch a game against the Mariners at Dave and Buster's one time that the uh, the Cardinals lost. Yes, because they and lost two of three. Or did they get swept? I don't remember. That was a not a good time. They probably should have won Dave those Dave and Buster's games. was fun, but the game was not good. Yeah, that was um, not a fun series. And if they'd won one of those games, they would have made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Oh, 2016. Thanks, Adam Lind. Thanks a lot. Anyway. Adam Lind is getting replaced in his job by Matt Adams. Now, who's the real last laugh on? Us. Right? <laughs> anyway. Next up is Hideki Matsui. Oh, no. Yeah, no. He was a World Series MVP, so yeah. there's that. He sounded familiar. Alex Rodriguez should have been the MVP of that World Series, but that's beside the point. No one likes to vote for the best player for the MVP, you know? Like, there's, like, this bias against voting for I think by this logic we should uh, probably put Matsui in the Hall of Fame then because he's nowhere near deserving of it. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, Albert Pujols in... Was it 2011? Maybe he wasn't close. 2011, to he wasn't. Maybe like 2006? 2006, he deserved it. Yeah, but nope, can't give it to him. Or like uh, the Cubs, who won the MVP. Well, uh, Chris Bryant earned it. Maybe like Andre Dawson in the 80s. No, Chris Bryant didn't get it in the World. Oh, Cup. World Series. Oh, Zobrist. Zobrist. Oh, was it Zobrist? It was split with Zobrist and. Baez. Baez. No, it was over. Baez won NLCS. Oh, I'm thinking of NLCS split. It was split. That might be the case. Anyway, Zobris, though. Like, okay, Zobris is good. That's fine. But Chris Bryant was just as good, I think, as Zobris during that series, unless I'm getting confused. I don't remember at all. I just remember something. How the heck do you not give that to Chris Bryant? And then you look, and you see, I saw Zobris was just as good if not maybe a little better. But Chris Bryant basically got them there, so I don't understand why you can't just give him the... I mean, he got the... I guess he got the MVP of the whole season. But anyway, I'm going on a tangent. Really? Our discussion of Hideki Matsui? Okay. <laughs> anyway, continue. Uh, Fred McGriff. No. No. Um, McGriff... He good, sounds like a guy with a great mustache, though. Good player. He does have a mustache. Mm-hmm. Um, he sounds like a mustache guy. Baseball superstar Fred McGriff, according to the Tom Amansky instructional video commercials, <laughs> which is one of the great pieces of 90s pop culture, but just not quite. He was a good offensive player, 134 career OPS plus, without 493 home runs, so just ever so close to hitting the 500 mark, but he did it all while at first base, so that diminishes his value, and... This is one of those players where McGriff would be getting much more serious consideration if we hadn't let every good player of the last 30 years on the ballot at once. Yeah. <laughs> so now it becomes impossible. Now no one gets in. Okay, next up is Kevin Millwood. Nope. No. I don't know who that is, actually. Sorry, Kevin. Do you watch baseball? Yeah, but not really. Okay. Just enough. Okay. Yeah. Well... <laughs> I watch baseball, but... Not, none of these guys. My main, mem- <laughs> my main memories of Kevin Millwood came whenever he was the number four pitcher in Atlanta, whenever they had Maddox, Glavin, and Smoltz, which all those guys are Hall of Famers. Isn't but this the 90s? That was when he first came up. Oh, okay. So yeah, like stuff like that, I wasn't that old, so it's hard. For- and what are, you, what are you trying to say I was, Heather? I mean, you are only a little bit older than me, but I never had access to like watch those players either if that makes sense gotcha so i didn't (laughs) i I only started recently watching a lot of baseball because i have like outside of the cardinals yes because i am able to but before then all right next up on the ballot though is a um the most probably the most obscure former cardinal on the list not because he's the most obscure but most obscure that he's a former cardinal which is jamie moyer oh really yeah he was a cardinal, and he was Back terrible. Back years ago. <laughs> I think it was in 92. Yeah. He was bad. Oh, man, that's almost 30 years ago. It's before you were born. I'm positive yeah. of that. Because all I know is he played forever. So yes. Like, is he in the Hall of Fame for you? No. no. I wanted him to be, just because he had that really long career and is interesting, but he's as in the Hall of Interesting. As I've mentioned before, I prefer guys, whenever possible, that have high peaks rather than guys who have longevity. So by that logic, Jamie Moyer is not even close for me. He made one all-star game. I, I can't mm-hmm. go with a guy that 
pitched for uh, 25 years and made one all-star game. And it's not like he deserved other ones and just didn't get in. Next up is uh, Mike Messina. Yes. He's in for me as well. I don't really know much about him, but I've heard his name a lot, and it made me seem like he should be on my list. And he's, like, in the top... I love how much you're making the argument, I've heard of him. Yeah, I've heard of him. Basically, if I've heard of you, then you've got to be pretty good. Because all these other guys, unless you're Andrew Jones, in which case you're good, but I've heard of you because you did something bad. Like, that's the only thing I knew about him, was that he did something bad. I didn't even know what the bad thing was. I still can't believe that you I read about that. premonition. No, I mean, I knew it. I had heard it before, but I just did I forgot what it even was. But I knew that I didn't like him. Yeah. Mussina is basically like the modern Burt Blylove. And he was ne- never considered the best pitcher, but he was considered one of the best pitchers for a really long time. 270 career wins, which I, I know nobody, well, some of you might care about wins. I don't care about wins, but that's a pretty good indicator of how long he pitched and how good he was. He, um, I don't remember, I, I guess he won a World Series with the Yankees, but yeah, just a good pitcher for the Orioles in the 90s and the Yankees in the 2000s and Totally deserves in and keeps getting overlooked. Uh, next up is Manny Ramirez. No. Same for me, but man, was it close. Yeah, I, I, I really wanted to put him in over Edgar. Yeah, I felt like I should have put him on my list because I put uh, Guerrero on. And I was like, well, if this is the standard I'm setting, then I need to put him on. But he was such a, just a brat. It's so hard to put oh, him I, on. Oh, I don't care about that. Yeah. I, find, I find that endearing, personally. Really? <laughs> The, I mean, I don't know. Well, I find the brattiness endearing. The, the whole, um, this, I think the steroid thing hurts him more than a lot of other people for me because... He's a fringe guy? Well, yeah, the fact that he's a fringe guy and the fact that, like, Bonds would have, if he had just not taken steroids or whatever, Bonds still would have been awesome. Mm-hmm. This isn't even a, oh, he was great before the steroids. Even if he just hadn't done anything, he still would have been amazing. And then Ramirez sort of was... And also the fact that Ramirez's game was basically power because he was a terrible defensive player. So it's all yes. that. But the uh, another problem I have is the fact that he actually tested positive and he actually got suspended for it. Right. Multiple times, right? I believe it was just once. Just once? I mean, there were suspicions about him for a long time. He had the 50-game the suspension. Because he ended up playing in Japan for a little bit. Yes. I didn't know if that's because he basically kind of got kicked... Not kicked out, but like... That was towards the end of his career as well, but... Yeah, that was that's part of the problem for me. Like and that's what I meant by being a brat is kind of this. I don't like discriminating against a guy like you know Bonds or Clemens or these guys that were doing it while they were not being tested in baseball because you're kind of looking the other way and you're expecting guys to just do whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, but when you have the policy in place, yeah. I'm a little bit less forgiving on that. But the guy had a 996 career OPS. He is the second highest OPS plus of anyone on this list behind Bonds. Yeah. It's it's hard not to put him in, but... I can understand if you voted for him. I wouldn't argue against yeah, him. Yeah, same. Yeah, it's like kind of the same thing with maybe Guerrero you said earlier. I wouldn't argue against him, but I'm not arguing for him. All right. So next up on the ballot is another former Cardinal, Scott Rowland. Yes. Yep. I feel like this is going to be i've seen a couple ballots and he's not on this is my so this is the soapbox argument this is the hill i will die on this is why i got all amped up for because of jim edmonds because i just could seeing it happening again i don't like it scott Rowland was one of my favorite players growing up one of my favorites he's why i wanted to play third base and i tried to even like mimic his batting stance but i couldn't do it because he crouched so low and it hurt my legs but i wanted to (laughs) i wanted to i love scott Rowland. this is ridiculous this is the whole thing is a farce i tell you so whenever um whenever edmonds was up for the hall of fame craig edwards wrote a lot of posts in favor of him making the hall of fame and i pretty much told him at the time you can have edmonds whenever Rowland comes up this is mine i'm Rowland's being hurt largely i think by the fact that he's coming up the same time as Chipper Jones. Chipper Jones is a little bit better. Chipper Jones belongs in the Hall of Fame ahead of Roland, but Roland belongs in ahead of a lot of other guys. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting to get cautiously optimistic that he's going to survive the ballot. Oh, optimistic? Yeah, I'm starting to think that he's going to get over 5%. Like, he's not going to make it. He's not even going to come close. But He'll at least get another year. I feel like he can do like the Tim Raines thing where people start to appreciate him more and more. And it's one of those things where if you didn't think Scott Rowland was one of the best players in baseball at the time, 
and that's your criteria now. It's because you weren't paying attention at the time because he was one of the best players in baseball. He was arguably the best player on the 2004 Cardinals, which is mm-hmm. the best Cardinals team that we've ever seen. Which is one of the best teams. Yeah, they won 105 games. They were incredible. Mm-hmm. And I think they're probably in one of the top 20 teams Yeah, of all if you rank all the teams that have ever happened. He had a, so he had a 122 OPS plus earned primarily during the era where a lot of guys were doing steroids, despite mm-hmm. the fact that he himself really has no steroid accusations, you know, any sort of substantial ones. He at was least. hurt all the time. He couldn't be doing steroids. <laughs> he's doing steroids, and why are you hurt so much? He was doing bad ones. Yeah, yeah, he's doing the wrong kind. But he had a 120. So he was a really good offensive player. He's probably one of the five best defensive third basemen who's ever lived. Yeah, I've seen a lot of lists, and he for defensive third base. Maybe it's not defensive. Maybe it was just third baseman, and he the top ten. He's like number eleven of third baseman yeah, all time. But I, I think the sort of the top four in some order are Brooks Robinson, Mike yep. Schmidt, Adrian Beltre, and Scott Rowland. Yep. Two of them are in the Hall of Fame. One of them is Adrian Beltre, and probably <laughs> will be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> we'll see five years after he retires, mm-hmm. and Rowland should be. Yes, he may have to wait a little bit, but I'm. Hopeful that it's going to eventually work out for him. Yeah. Uh, next up is Johan Santana. No. Yeah, he's not in on mine either, and he's not even really that close by war, but he had a really high peak. I can, yeah. I can see the case for him being a Hall of Famer. I just, if his peak were a little bit higher, I would be inclined to go that route, but. Yeah, I just can't yeah. do it. Can't do it. Like, I like high peak guys, therefore I have a higher level of support for his candidacy than others might but not quite he was amazing with the twins though and unfortunately the cardinals sort of indirectly ruined his career because (laughs) the mets kept him in way too long so he could get a no hitter actually whatever the umpire was that called that ball foul Uh, foul that was this this stupid thing that's who ruined his career i I'm not saying that... Have I mentioned my feelings on the, the fair foul thing with Santana? I mean, I'm not being bitter about it, but I'm saying if, if you want to say someone ruined his career, that would You be may not person. have been bitter, but a lot of people were, and man, it immediately drove me crazy how much people were defensive about it. Like, yeah. It doesn't... So you got one hit by Johan Santana. It's the same basic idea, which is you got shut down by him. Yeah. Well, yeah. But, um, like, the reason why he was kept in is because he had a no-hitter going. Yeah. And if that had been a hit, he would have been taken out. Oh, by the end of that so. by the end of that game, I was straight up rooting for him to get the no-hitter because... Oh, because it would have been cool. Yeah, because the Cardinals weren't yeah. going to win the game. It's not like it was a one nothing game. Yeah. No, that it was I'd cool. Go for it. I was, yeah. Like, that's the thing. If the Cardinals are going to get destroyed, I'd rather it be interesting like that, <laughs> you know? Maybe a no-hitter until... Which I think has happened to the Cardinals until, like, the... Uh, well, Jeremy Hazelbreaker broke up the home the hitter no hitter by Kyle Hendricks. I think it was. It was, it was against a Cub. the Cubs. Oh, I believe it was Hendricks with the home run yep. that tied the game or won. No, it, they were still out of it, but it oh. was it was just funny. It was still funny though because it was against the Cubs. Next Any up, other team wouldn't have been as fun. Next up on the ballot is Kurt Schilling. Uh, yes, everyone's favorite Kurt Schilling. He's a brat, but he was a, he was good at baseball. I want to say that I was blocked by somebody um, who's in the Hall of Fame on Twitter, <laughs> and this is my opportunity. Yes, like I don't want to go get blocked by Ozzy Smith or something. I, I might actually want to look at his tweets at some point. Yeah, Kurt Schilling though. I'm missing a lot of uh, a lot of strong content. Yeah, I actually got blocked from for like the lamest reason too. It's not even worth bringing up but i don't know if I, I don't think i'm blocked by him i didn't i've never tweeted at him oh i tweeted at him sometimes i, I get blocked I by people by being associated with you all <laughs> that's what happened to me one time where you guys were tweeting at something and i was like in, in the, the crossfire of the conversation it. i got blocked i was like i haven't even said anything yet i'm just this is ridiculous in solidarity with your friends you should be supportive of us in this matter sometimes I'm not supportive of you because the whole thing is ridiculous I'm like what are they doing just don't even talk to this person okay anyway Kurt Schilling belonged in the Hall of Fame on his playing merits I know he's obnoxious I know everybody's sick of him I know that he's probably going to spend his Hall of Fame speech yelling at people for not putting him in sooner but <laughs> but he's he should be in he's like a hair below Messina in terms of, like, overall performance. I feel like those guys are always being linked together. Mm-hmm. But I'd still put them both in. Gary Sheffield. No. Same, though, really good hitter. Yeah, I, I knew that name, and I wanted to... One four, a 140 OPS+, plus, which is just a little bit less than Chipper Jones. Also literally the worst fielder ever by uh, defensive runs. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Oh. He's was very bad, and it was weird because he came up as a shortstop. Oh, so you and was horrible at shortstop, and then eventually moved to corner outfield, and was also horrible at corner outfield. Well, yeah, shortstop isn't the same as corner outfield. Though you assume if someone's athletic enough to at least yeah be thought about as a shortstop, they could play corner outfield. But I cannot play outfield at all. I hate it. I hate it out there. And so you just get so bored and want to talk to people. No, I just I can't judge a fly ball. I can't. I have no depth perception on fly balls. Screaming line drives, yes. Fly balls, absolutely not. No way am I parking under a fly ball. Nope, 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 nope. Hate it out there. I'm just going to let it drop in front of me. Ironically, right up to the point in the ballot where your name would come up. Yeah. I got to say, I'm thinking I'm not going to vote but, for you based I'm on saying, your... I'm, what I'm saying is that I outfield is hard. And um, it's, especially if you're like a naturally inclined infielder. So, All right. Well, anyway, I can understand him being bad at outfield. Next up on the ballot is Sammy Sosa. No, I agree. He is had a really good peak, but he was about thirty or so once he got to that. Before he got to that peak, mm-hmm. and the peak was only about five or six years. Not good enough. Yeah, and the thing is, he's another one of those guys that you could definitely make a case for if it weren't such a loaded ballot. But as it is, he's just. Not quite there. Kind of a uh, guy who never really walked a lot. Not a great defender. By modern standards, just doesn't look as good. Mm-hmm. Of course, he ties in with uh, Cardinals history because of Mark McGuire. But yeah. McGuire's, and McGuire's not in either. So, whatever. Uh, next up is Jim Tomei. Yes. Tomei is in for me as well. Which I, I believe I believe that means we both have one ballot spot left. We have one name left after Tomei, correct? Uh-huh. Okay. Probably the same person. We'll see. I'm assuming we do. Anyway, though, Jim Tomei, uh, 147 OPS+, plus, which is tied with Edgar Martinez. Tomei actually came up. He played third base for a little while, but was not great at it, and ended up moving to first base and designated hitter. Uh, 612 career home runs without really a lot of cloud of steroid suspicion, a 402 career on base percentage. He was just a really great hitter. I'm a little bit more, yeah. I'm a little bored by him in a way. And I, I know that he's from Illinois, so therefore I'm sure you're <laughs> in love with him. Though he's more, he, he's Peoria, so he's not quite yeah. your neck of the woods. Although but Peoria is still considered, we it, still call that Southern Illinois. The part of Illinois that's not Chicago, yes. and therefore is Southern Illinois. But yeah, I don't have, I'm not excited about Jim Tomei being a Hall of Famer, but I can't look at his numbers and say he isn't. He has 72.9 career war. He's like his numbers are very eye popping. He could have been a horrible, horrible defender, which he wasn't, but he was not a great defender. And I would still have to put him in because he's just too good at mm-hmm. the plate. He's someone I know. I hated snubbing Gary Sheffield based on his offensive merit, even though he's literally the worst defensive player ever, and Tomey's a better hitter than him. So Yeah. Like, what am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so five names left. Next name up is the player that is going to get the most Hall of Fame votes, probably, of anybody of this group, Omar Vizquel. Oh, I don't have him. I do not have him either. He was a really good shortstop for the Indians? He was a really good defensive shortstop. He is not close to a good enough hitter for me. Like I, I was, I wanted to go with Andrew Jones because he was such a good um, defender, but he was also an above-average hitter, even if he wasn't quite Hall of Famer. Omar Vizquel, uh, his so he had um, an 82 OPS plus for his career, 272 batting average, 336 on base, 352 slugging, so OPS of 688. He just did not have the bat, and really good fielder, though not quite like Ozzy Smith level good. Yeah. And I, I, feel, I feel like there's this idea that people are wanting to put Omar Vizquel in because it's like, oh, well, we put Ozzie Smith in. But Ozzie Smith was actually, for his career, about league average as a hitter. He was yeah. a better hitter and also a better fielder. Yeah. There's a lot of really cool Vizquel highlights I've seen, but there's more Smith ones. And like you said, Smith was a competent hitter. Like, he wasn't the greatest hitter ever, but he at least was... He was, he was good enough to be in... Like, there would be a certain point with Ali Smith's offense where I would say, okay, he's not good enough to be in the Hall of Fame. Like, mm-hmm. if he were, like, pitcher level. Yeah. But... Cosmo level. Yeah. Like, but... Vizquel was a lot closer to Cosmo level than he was to Ozzy level. Yeah. Because it's just one of those things where you put someone in the Hall of Fame because they're good offensively de- despite their um, 
defensive deficiencies. But if someone's so bad at defense, like Gary Sheffield, we didn't want to put him in. Not because just because he was bad defensively, but didn't that, help. It didn't help him. He was already fringe. If Gary Sheffield had been Omar Vizquel defensively at shortstop, he'd be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Wouldn't even be close, right? So, I don't know. I think you can eliminate someone based on offensive merit. All right. So next up on the ballot is Billy Wagner. No. Same, but also the guy struck fear in people. He was, I would say, probably number two among relievers for me on this ballot behind Hoffman, just because the guy was the guy was a, a tiny little lefty that threw at 100 miles an hour and was really great for a pretty long time. But he's a reliever. He doesn't pitch as much. I can't quite go that far. Uh, next up is Larry Walker. Yes. There we go. Yeah, yeah Larry, Larry Walker. Anyway. He's a former Cardinal and gets bonus points from me because I'm allowed to be petty. But also, he's... And also, he seems like a nice guy. Yeah. He's Canadian, so... I follow him on Twitter. I don't follow a lot of athletes on Twitter, but you he's... You follow Larry Walker? Very pleasant. He's yeah. uh, 141 OPS+, plus, so the same as Chipper Jones, uh, slightly better than Gary Sheffield. However, while Gary Sheffield was the worst defensive right fielder ever, Larry Walker was a gold glove winning right fielder. He was a really strong player for... 17 seasons well he wasn't really strong for 17 seasons but he was strong for a long amount of time he was an mvp he was a good base runner he really like everything you could possibly want in a baseball player he is and like there's all sorts of people that are huge larry walker hall of fame supporters that can point out arguments to him being one of like the five best right fielders ever i'm not quite to that point but Mm -hmm. i think he's still a hall of famer i think that's definitely the case and it's a shame because he only has uh, two more years on the ballot this year and then one more year. He was at twenty one point nine percent next year or last year. I feel like he's probably going to be a veterans committee guy, but I'm pulling for him. I'm really pulling for him. Yeah. I feel like if the whole Montreal Expos nostalgia contingent hadn't already pushed for Tim Raines so hard, they'd be pushing for Larry Walker because they're kind of similar level players where they're not. Like, obvious, obvious Hall of Famers, but they should be Hall of Famers. All right, next up is Carrie Wood. Oh. No. Yep. That makes me feel old that Carrie Wood's a Hall of Fame candidate, because he debuted in 1998. Who's so. the one that struck out 20? That would be Carrie Wood. Well, Roger Clemens did, too. I don't have Instead Carrie of Randy Wood. Johnson. I thought Carrie Wood was a lot better than, than what... His statistics. Well, he he got hurt a lot. Mm, okay, that makes sense. I don't have him on my ballot. Yeah, his career uh, WAR is twenty seven point seven. His P, his career WAR seven is twenty five, which puts him like a little bit better than Kevin Millwood. He's just not quite to yeah. like Hall of Fame standards. He had amazing nineteen ninety eight season. The, I don't know why. I just for some reason thought he was really good. He was really good. He just wasn't really good very long. Okay. Because yeah, I'm surprised that I didn't vote for him, but I didn't even consider him at all. Yeah. Huh. Last but not least is a player that, also a former Cubs pitcher, Carlos Zambrano, which we've already established we didn't put him on the ballot based on our limits. Yeah. And no. I don't think he's... Yeah. He's close. He's closer than you might think. Just hearing the name, I would not have thought he was close to being a Hall of Famer. I wonder... He was a good hitter, right? Or good, was it just good hitter for, for a, a pitcher, pitcher? Yeah, like his his hitting does doesn't really do anything for him. Sixty two OPS plus, which means he was twenty points of OPS plus worse than Omar Vizquel. <laughs> so Vizquel was almost as close to as good as this pitcher as he was to league average. Uh, and yet, and yet he's going to put up an actual Hall of Fame. Okay, whatever. <laughs> but no, I don't have Zambrano on there. Nor do I. But interesting character seems like. But no. yeah, and. He just, no. They need a hall for just, like, the interesting people. Like, he's not a Hall of Famer, but, you know, he has a really great mustache or something like that, you know? So, like, the Jeff Kent Hall of Fame. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I stand by my uh, my ballot, and I will fight to the death for it. I'm not going to do that just because mine was very hastily put together. Yeah, but, I, don't, I don't care enough about yeah. my ballot either, but... I think it's an all right ballot. It's probably better than... I'd say it's maybe 90th percentile as far as being, like, better than... Oh, my ballot's fantastic. It's perfect, actually. Yeah, it, considering our limitations. I think a lot of the ballots that I'm really endorsing on, uh, on like, the ballot trackers all still have Vladimir Guerrero on it. So I have to sort of pick and choose my favorites. But 
I, I stand by these picks, and if you stand by these picks, or if you don't stand by these picks, make sure you vote on our um, our ballot on this episode. If you are listening to this through an app or something, you don't normally go to the episode titles. Just go, just Google Viva Alberto's podcast episode one hundred and nine. It'll show up, and you vote away. And I don't know how long we're going to keep the ballot up. Uh, we'll say at least a week. You, if you're listening to this after a week, you can go ahead and. Uh, you check to see if it's there, and if it's not, eh, well, too bad. That, yeah. That's how formal we are about this. That's, <laughs> that's how deeply we care about how people vote on this. Please vote, though. It'll be fun. Yeah, so this it's episode good. went a lot longer than I thought it was going to. I'm pretty impressed by the level of content we have, considering the lack of preparation that some of us had towards our ballot. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to pretend that I spent, like, hours and hours racking my ballot, but I think I may have spent more time than you did. I... Every know, time you give me a task, I literally always forget to do it. So I've sort of learned to make the tasks um, <laughs> short enough that you can complete the task in between whenever I get to your apartment and whenever we start recording, and it's not going to mean that I'm here all night. <laughs> but thank you for eventually comp- completing it. Thank you to all of our listeners for putting up with this totally nonsensical thing where we talked about Jeff Kent lying about getting hurt by saying he was washing his truck. Oh, that's what... Anyway, okay. All right, do you have any uh, anything else you want to say? Anything you want to advertise? Sure. Follow me on Twitter if you want, at lil underscore scooter 93, or you can read my writing, or and or, you can read my writing at Viva Alberto's, Monday through Friday at 12 noon. We are back from break, and you will be getting your regular weekday hunt and peck articles that you so much enjoy you get the daily scooter (laughs) yes i know you missed me but i'm back baby have you considered renaming your segment the daily scooter i think the daily scooter would be a really cool name hunt and peck's good too though hunt and peck is i think more clever because it's like also if somebody else ever takes over the segment from you and calling it the daily scooter is going to be a little bit it makes no sense yeah but hunt and peck is like clever because of birds you know and also because computer Apparently you don't trust your typing skills. I was pretty impressed when I came up with that name. Because I spent weeks trying to figure it out. It was back when Ben Humphrey was the overlord. And he's like, what do you want to name it? And I'm like, oh, God. Do you have any names? And he's like, and he gave me a couple. And I was like, yeah, those are all right. And then I thought about it. And finally it came to me one day. I'm like, this is the perfect name. Perfect. It's perfect. All right. Well, uh... anyway. Anyway, you can follow me on Twitter at JohnJF125. You can follow me, um, my writing on VivaAlbertos.com. Uh, Facebook.com slash VivaAlbertos will get you that information. You can follow uh, VivaAlbertos on Twitter at VivaAlbertos. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You can subscribe on um, Stitcher. You can check it out wherever you're listening to it now. This current avenue you're listening will be around uh, at later points as well. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I have Maybe things will happen with the Cardinals, so we'll actually talk about the Cardinals extensively next episode. Or maybe we'll just be talking about the Hall of Fame again. Who knows? Yeah. (laughs) All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.